Tom, another episode is uh, about to be put into the ears of our listeners right now. And um, how's how's everything with you? <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> Everything's pretty darn good with me. I'm actually super excited for today. Uh, we're doing something a little different, something we haven't yet done yes. on our show. So I'm excited for today. How have you been? Uh, I'm, I've, I've been good. There's been a lot of uh, family time spent with Alex and uh, a lot of work too. But uh, there's going to be... The, there's going to be a bunch of videos coming like around Christmas time, Christmas, New Year's. So that that's good. Yeah, I saw you 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 shared a message the other day that just said, hey, I'm taking a, a break on uploads for a while and then I'll, I'll get back at it. And there were a lot of very concerned people <laughs> yeah. in the comments on that. I mean, like so, sometimes you need a break from it because it's, it's, it's just a lot of uh, chugging through the different videos. But Enough talk about us and let us introduce our guest or let him introduce himself because uh, some of you that are listening probably know him as a real, he's a know-it-all when it comes to cameras and in deep, I would say. And uh, the rumor goes that he is also a little bit into uh, the bodybuilding things and uh, that that's like my cue to jump in and shoot some questions with him. <laughs> How are you doing, Gerald? I'm well, thanks. Wait, so am I your first guest? Is that what you were saying? Yep. You are our very first guest. <laughs> well, I am honored. Thank you for having me on. I uh, it's, I, I like both of you guys, so uh, this should be should be fun. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. well. Good. I'm glad. Also, happy late birthday. Found out yesterday you and I have the same birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday Which to you, too. Cool. <laughs> yeah, thanks. But you did a stream, and it was awesome. I always love your live streams because they're... I mean, we'll get kind of get into that, but... I'm a big fan of your live streams. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So for those of you who don't know you, Gerald, uh, would you like to give yourself a little bit of an introduction to uh, our listeners? I would not. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Moving on. Here we go. Gerald Undone on YouTube. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And I guess anywhere else. But I mean, I'm not on everything. But take your app of choice and type in Gerald Undone. And if I show up... I have it, and if I don't, then I don't have that thing that you're on right now. Um, but yeah, you you pretty much already said I talk about I don't know camera gear and the, I I I advertise it as like uh, creative technology or like technology related to you know being creative, uh, which obviously covers cameras, audio, lighting, and then I do tutorials and sometimes just uh, you know diving deep on uh, explanations of how some of the processes around that work. That's it's nerdy, nerdy camera talk over here at Gerald Undone for the most part. But that's why everybody loves yeah, you. Yeah, and so. you do it very, very <laughs> well. Well, thank you. I mean, like, uh, most videos that you do regarding to your camera, I mean, I mean, like, I watched your A7S III video when that came out, and I was, like, glued to the entire video. What well, was it, like, 25 minutes or something like that? Yeah, I think 26, maybe? Yeah, right around uh, there. Almost. They, they keep getting longer and, and I'm worried about that but then people say that they watch them and the and the retention time is like surprisingly good so I'm like okay well I guess people are willing to tolerate a 26 minute review on a camera you know so if Philip Bloom can do an hour and 20 minute review <laughs> I think we're fine <laughs> I always have the issue that whenever I do a video that is like too long it feels like my retention time is going down so I try to keep it short but then People say they want longer, but when when I post a video that's longer, like I have the exact opposite uh, reaction from my fans or audience. Yeah, YouTube is confusing like that. You never know what to do. But it seems like for me, longer videos are working. In fact, when I post like an eight minute or nine minute video, which used to be considered like a good length, uh, people will now comment and saying this felt lacking or something like that. <laughs> like I didn't I didn't do enough. You know, <laughs> it's like I don't know. I thought nine minutes on incremental update to a light was good enough but i guess i need to like take it apart with a screwdriver or something for 10 minutes on addition to that or whatever it's funny but whatever <laughs> i mean that I, I think that's a good problem to have <laughs> yeah it just makes the you get tired of yourself because the longer the video the more like more minutes you hear yourself when you edit and then when you like i watch it back obviously when it's uploaded and then i add captions and and just like it's so like just so much of the same video of yourself talking for so long that when it's an eight minute video, it's a lot easier to tolerate, you know? So. Yeah. Do you, do you do captions yourself manually? No, I, but I, I've been reviewing them. I just started with a new, a new caption service and, um, 
they uh, because like how in depth my videos are, I was a little bit concerned that like or they I'm talking quickly and I'm throwing a bunch of like acronyms and numbers and stuff around. Or, like, is the caption service going to be out? So I've been reviewing them, uh, but. I think I can probably, you know, loosen the reins now a little bit because I think they've gotten my my jargon down. They built a glossary around it, so I can uh, I, I can feel more comfortable now that they they seem to know every time now when I talk a new like they I, they did my um, C seventy review recently and they nailed all the terms on it. So I was like, okay, I think they I think they speak Geraldine Dunn now. These uh, <laughs> these captioners, so it's getting better. They got a whole team that's just like he submitted <laughs> another video. Get the undone team on it. <laughs> it's good. Uh, I was thinking th- about your YouTube channel because you you've had what I like kind of figured out is that you've had quite some time, but you haven't done these kind of videos the entire time, right? The, oh, the like the the specific like niche or whatever that I'm in right now. Yeah, I mean like the super like techie uh, breakdown the cameras. Yeah, so there was some phases. So it's tricky because you could just be looking at my like 2018 and onward. And you could argue that it definitely ramped up its nerdiness throughout the <laughs> that range because when they started, I was doing more kind of more of the basic, you know, what's a three point lighting and let's talk about how curves work in Lightroom or whatever, just like stuff like that. Like the more I was looking at what other people were doing and and you know trying to figure out, I guess, what kind of content people needed, yeah. um, and that era was you know the era when like peter mckinnon was becoming popular and uh there was other other channels that i noticed that were doing that kind of you know improve like quick kind of like improve your stuff videos and um i was just in the middle of transitioning to like the whole camera tech thing in the first place so i was trying to figure out what kind of content to make but that transition so here's the even further back one that transition was prompted uh that was again early 2018 by me deciding to like lean into that niche, that sort of like subcategory, because before that I was doing other content and only periodically doing a camera video. And the disparity between the performance of those two was so stark that I, did you hear my stomach there? (laughs) Is that what that was? I just ate too. Um, So the the, the contrast between the the two, uh, like we're so, it was, it was massive. It'd be like, I do a video, that had like a hundred views. And then I would do one that had like a hundred thousand views. Uh, and my channel was, had like, I don't know, four or 500 subscribers. So it was like, okay, I'm obviously doing something right. I suppose based on the YouTube gods for this camera stuff that I do periodically. So then I decided, okay, I'll just shift over to that. And then that was the beginning of 2018. And that shift is when I was like, well, what kind of videos do I make? And so that's when I think I have some videos in that era that are definitely less nerdy and then throughout 2018 i started experimenting i guess you could say by making longer nerdier videos and by the end of 2018 that's i think when what people who probably heard of me in that that time would have been for the type of videos that you would you know think of uh I had my videos from like codex and picture <laughs> profiles and stuff like that are from that era from like late 2018 i think so there was a transition yeah i'm definitely not browsing your videos by oldest at this very moment <laughs> to see this trend but it's it is it's exactly what you said i mean you can you can see the the evolution i guess but those videos i should clear up for people who go snooping around now you can't see the non-camera videos because those have been removed because i wanted youtube to like be able to evaluate and package my channel accordingly so in between the videos that you're looking at tom because there's probably like months mm-hmm. sometimes between them there would have been dozens of absurd surrealist comedy videos <laughs> that that you don't see on the channel anymore and they're just like they're absolutely off the wall ridiculous videos and again there was like a small loyal following of people that loved those videos well there was like you know 400 people um and outside of that circle nobody was having any of that <laughs> because they were just completely crazy so those those can't be seen anymore although if you do watch some of those earlier videos they do have like a bit of just like weirdness to them and that's some of that some of that coming through, but uh, you you should have seen the videos in between. I had like give you an example just for your listeners. I had one. Uh, I would I would call it something kind of like you know David Lynch meets like YouTube sketches or whatever. Like it was just absurd. But one of my more popular ones, if you want to call it that, was uh, how to sharpen a hammer, and it was this like really abstract video where 
I was sitting at a table with a, a whetstone and a hammer and I had a big green screen behind me that was just like playing weird clips of like <laughs> alligators rolling and I had a whisk and the whisk was also green so it had the green screen going on it and it, I was like holding it was just it was so bizarre and I did it like a pitch like um like a, like a car salesman kind of pitch, you know, where it was like, come on down. And we got this. It was just like, I don't know what, but it, and it made perfect sense to me at the time. So just imagine that, but like 200 of those videos uh, occurred over like a one and a half year period. I had like 200, I think I deleted probably two to 230 videos off oh, my wow. channel. Like wow. that's, that's how many, yeah. Crazy. I've heard about these videos. I've heard you talk about them on a couple other podcasts and they, I hope they exist somewhere. <laughs> Whether or not anyone ever sees them, I just hope they're at least on a hard drive, safe somewhere for posterity's sake, because they sound amazing. <laughs> it's funny. They would probably do okay now. I demand Instagram <laughs> TVs, a series. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's, so, it's so funny because I, I, don't, I forget what it was. One of the podcasts that, that you were on that I was listening to um, in the past couple months, I think there were you guys were having a discussion about going from comedy to you know like kind of in depth gear reviews. But it's kind of one of those things where if you know where to look for, you can still absolutely see, you know, the the little like pops of sort of absurdism throughout the videos, and you know sometimes maybe in a thumbnail or something like that. And so <laughs> you can still see that it exists there. But also, I feel like in a way, it almost reminds me of when a dramatic actor or a comedic actor takes on a dramatic role, like when Brian Cranston left Malcolm in the Middle and became Walter White in Breaking Bad. Right. And everyone's like, no, he's the goofy dad. He can't be serious. And I feel like if someone has a good comedic muscle, it it almost is an asset for trying to do non-comedic things because it's so much of it's based on timing, based on context, based on you know communicating and getting an audience to a certain point to experience something in the same way. So I feel like even if those videos are so unrelated to the kind of thing that you're doing now, they must have played a huge role in in the ability to do what you do now as good as you do it. I think there's a comfort thing. I I know that for people who I've worked with since then um, on YouTube, that there's always that period where it's very difficult to just start doing YouTube videos because you talk to the camera and you're so awkward and you don't know where to look or what kind of like, you, you just you just immediately stop talking like yourself. You know, you have your voice, you turn on the camera, and you're like, hello, and <laughs> welcome to today. We are today. And you're like, it doesn't make any sense, you know? And you're like, why am I like this? Why? So doing those videos first um, expunged any kind of uh, embarrassment factor that there would be for me to proceed into the videos I'm doing now. So I just can just like throw it at the wall, even though I'm just doing, the type, like I'm not doing anything too absurd. But it doesn't. I don't. It doesn't phase me. Even if you look at like my studio tour videos or whatever, I, I just kind of like. I don't care. It's goofy and it is what it is. And and the videos I make now, there's a confidence to it because I was able to sort of, you know, earn that with the 200 silly videos prior to that. And it's it's tough when people start YouTube. You guys obviously know that yourself. That it's really weird, you know, talking to camera and stuff like that. So. It's the most uncomfortable thing when you're starting out. But it it's funny because you do build up that muscle like. Peter and I were doing a podcast at a couple episodes ago and for whatever reason like the nice camera that I was using was just messing up our connection so halfway through we just switched to the webcam like built into my computer but I'm so used now to staring at a camera that the whole time we were talking no matter what I just kept like <laughs> looking at the camera as a person even though it was turned off and so Peter was just staring at the side of my head the whole time. I'm, I'm doing that right but now, like... but the opposite. Um, I'm looking at my camera, even though you guys are down here to my right on the screen. Uh, mm -hmm. But I'm looking at the camera because, yeah, it's like it, the people are in there. That's how your brain works. Right? They're in the camera somewhere. They're in there. So. I know. I need the Caleb Pike teleprompter. <laughs> right. Like Zoom display thing. Oh, man. But any, anyway, those, uh, the, I, I like that, you know, that it's always comforting to know that everyone kind of goes through that repetition I don't know that I've heard you ever say, though, why you wanted to have a YouTube channel in the first place or if it was a conscious decision or something that just happened organically or. Yeah, I guess that part doesn't come it. up that often. Um, it was actually it was really just one of those passing conversations I was having with my partner at the time who said uh, uh, you should start a YouTube channel or something, something like that. Yeah, we were watching <laughs> we were watching a lot of YouTube. Um but then she also finds me to be pretty funny, you know. She she gets she appreciates my absurd humor. Um, so I don't know. It was probably just like a silly conversation like that. Like we were watching a video that was kind of like a 
supposed to be a funny video and then we weren't laughing and then I was like, you know what I would have done? I would have done this thing and I like, probably did some kind of thing. And then she was laughing her butt off and she's like, you should make a YouTube channel. And then I was like, should I make a YouTube channel? And then it kind of just like went into that, you know, in the summer of 2016. That's, um, I did have a YouTube channel years before that in like 2007 ish. And at that time it wasn't, I didn't really approach it like YouTube was a, was a thing that you grow when you build an audience where it was like, YouTube is a place you throw up random videos and people tell you you're trash. Uh, that's kind of like right. what I thought it was. So I like, I would put up like acoustic covers of, you know, me playing songs or doing the odd, like just soup, you know, on trend sketch thing or whatever. And, and just had a few videos and then that channel just died. I don't even know what happened to it. Um, probably maybe that exists, but I don't think so. I've never been able to find it. Um, but yeah, and that was, so then nine years later, I mean, I knew how YouTube worked and I was, I'm still been an avid watcher and follower of YouTube since 2005, like a huge internet guy, right? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I guess it was a good time in my life when she was just like, why don't you, you should do YouTube videos. And then I was like, I should do YouTube videos. And then, then <laughs> that was just it. And then I started filming, filming some YouTube videos. And one of the first ones that we filmed was that one that is my earliest video, which was like how to light YouTube videos. And it's so bad. It's so, so terrible. I, I watched it like a, a couple of weeks ago and I didn't know how to like edit for pace well. So I would try to make <laughs> things have a certain pace. And I realized that I would, I would edit on a, there's this hilarious moment if you guys want to go check it out where um, I'm exhaling and then there's a cut and then I'm inhaling. And I did that like twice in the video. It was such a bad edit. And I, every time I watch it now, it just like crawls up my spine, but I'll, I'll finish the sentence. I don't even finish the sentence. I was like, so that's, uh, <sighs> It's like a weird sound like that, like where it's like, it's like, why, did, why would you edit that so that you edit b- two breaths together and my face just kind of like jumps in the frame and there's like two, it's so, it's so weird. It's so tough to watch. And I'm making a video on lighting, but I, because I didn't have any lights set up to make the video, I was just right. using like the house lights. So it's bad lighting and a video about lighting. <laughs> it, 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 it sounds extreme. It sounds extremely like weird when you hear like a, a video about lighting, bad lighting, and then <laughs> Exactly. That's that's the video. You just described the video in like one sentence. Go check uh, it out. <laughs> it's going to be the most popular one on the channel now. But it's funny because you find yourself like, I need a camera to film this camera. I need lights to light these lights. And it's yeah, like, exactly. What what is this? It's it's this weird like Inception thing. But and as your channel grows, you get more gear to test your other gear that you have gear for but when you first start out you only have the gear that you use so it's very difficult to explain so people are like shooting in front of mirrors they're filming their phone filming themselves in the ca- and it always just looks like trash but like you know it is what it is i guess yeah. it's funny it's a funny journey i leave that video up because some people find it inspirational um because they'll look at that video and then they'll look at a video maybe a year or two later and think oh wow you know like you can do a lot on this sounds like i'm bragging but i'm actually trying to phrase somebody else's opinion um they'll be like oh wow you can you can you know improve a lot on youtube in just a short time or whatever and i've seen a lot of comments like that so that's why i left that one up is for people it 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 seems to inspire them as some kind of landmark because the video is terrible and (laughs) you know just like like i'm still improving every video but you know even just a year or two later it's such a huge difference that it helps i think people to see that you know, you don't have to do this for 15 years to present like quality content, if you will, you know, so, and there's, yeah. there's the proof because that's not quality content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like quality content though. <laughs> yeah, but that's a good one because there's so many times I've talked to people where they're like, I want to start a channel, I want to do this, but they think they need their, their niche totally figured out, their branding figured out, their thumbnails, their production, like their first video needs to look like their most perfect video. And oftentimes you can get stuck in that like, that stagnant phase of never actually getting started because you're just worried about everything being perfect. So I think it's awesome that people can go back and find someone they admire, go look at them and be like, oh, look, it was also like rough around the edges. And then it it evolved and coalesced over time into something that, you know, that we know today. So I think that's awesome. Thanks, man. I'm glad. I, uh, I'm glad that you see it that way because I can't watch those old videos. <laughs> oh, you don't have to watch it. No, God, no. <laughs> I, th- I think like when, when you're watching through your your own videos, you kind of feel embarrassed about them. But as you said, when someone else watched them, it's like inspirational for them to see where you actually came from and where you are now. Well, you know what I think it is too? Because that's a great point. I think it would depend on the genre a little bit. If you're, if, if you present yourself as an expert in a field, which by the way, I don't think I've ever done that, but somehow that just got attached to me. I'm always, I've always targeted my videos as like, here's something I found out 
I'll tell you about it as best I can. But then you see, it's whenever somebody's like a contrarian to Geraldine Dunn, which there's a surprising amount now out there. I thought like, I guess that's like, I made a joke tweet about this where it was, uh, I guess you know that you've, you know, made it to some degree when there's groups dedicated to like disproving you. You're like, okay, well, whatever. Um, they're always like, like making it seem like I'm trying to present myself as some kind of expert. Uh, I'm not. I, I know as much as I know to get to where I am at the moment that I'm at. That's that's all I know, you know. Um, but within that, if you have videos up that suck, and then later on you're like, here's how you do this thing. Obviously, you're trying to present it from the position that here's how you do the thing, and and the proof is in the pudding of how it looks nowadays, not, not before. Um, but there is a little bit of, I guess, maybe insecurity on the idea that if you were to go back and look at the earlier videos, it would somehow make like unqualify you from being able to give advice. You, see, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of confusing, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that could be any field, even if you were like a skateboarder, and you're you, now you just crush it. But if you look at your earlier videos and you couldn't even do an ollie without falling on your face, people might you might think, hey, if people see that, they'll think. This guy doesn't know how to skateboard. He can't give any tips. You know what I mean? But yeah, right. so that's probably just a mental thing where other people look at it and they go, oh, wow, you learned how to skateboard in a year. Amazing, you know? Um, but I think to the skateboarder, it's kind of like, ah, oh, don't look at that stuff. I didn't even know how to all it. You know what I mean? I know that's how I right. feel about it well, sometimes. It's like for some reason in the past year, YouTube has gone on a spree of recommending old MKBHD videos, like 11-year-old <laughs> right. yeah. videos. Totally. <laughs> Which is, I mean, that is just like an 11-year-old kid at a webcam. <laughs> and I know he hates that, but I love seeing those because it's like, you're doing what you could, like at the time. Yeah. This was as good as it could be. And it's so, it just makes me like him more, honestly. <laughs> me too. I guess it's one of those things where you look at yourself hardest, like, and that's what Peter was saying, I guess. Uh, but that's the reason why I do, I think. It's not so much that I'm embarrassed for like anything about me it's more of the idea of like it makes what i'm talking about now seem like i don't know what i'm talking about if you were to juxtapose those like if that video was just a week ago you know you'd be like oh you can't listen to this guy <laughs> have you seen his video <laughs> <laughs> that'd be amazing if all the technical reviews were, were what they are and then in between those there was like just a completely terrible rough video that just like negated everything all the credibility oh man sounds that's, like that's you're talking it, about my channel that's what i think about yeah <laughs> but, uh, and also because there's no like chronology to youtube but you probably noticed this too it's i've noticed it because of my changing hair lengths that you'll get people that'll comment on a recent video and be like you cut your hair i was like yeah you know, a year ago, but then there'll be people that comment on a long hair video and be like, oh, you grew your hair out again. And it was like, that's not <laughs> how it works. <laughs> it's like, don't you look at the date? You know, like this video is from... It's the most recent video they watched, so it's the most recent video exactly. you made. That's the thing. It shows up in the feed or it comes up next or whatever. But it's like, do you think I just grew 13 inches of hair? Like between, I don't know, the Sony A7S III and, and the next whatever camera. Like you think somehow that's... So that makes me think too, what if one of those old videos, like you said, MKVHD... Oh, yeah. What if some, that came up and somebody's like, wow, he, he fell far, you know? His videos looked, used to look so great. He looks younger, good for him, but man, <laughs> his videos look terrible now, you know? He should go back to shooting on red. I, I don't like these new MKB. I feel like that could happen because nobody looks at the date. You said, you said in your live stream yesterday that you're moving next month. Yeah. So you have to set up a new studio. Oh, yeah. It's going to be the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what, what if in the time where you're like this is the last one in this studio see you later and then youtube starts serving up the old videos and people are like wow the new studio it's so bad wow big mistake there terrible <laughs> i'm i'm interested in this i'm just gonna like ask a bunch of selfish questions for my own sake because sure you're you're all here for my purposes now. yes um but so you started your channel 2016 peter and i both started our channel in 2017 but we're all at very different points in like the YouTube journey, the YouTube career journey. I'm guessing when you started, based on what you said, it wasn't with the intention of generating income or revenue or anything like that. You know, I actually thought I could make it, honestly. That, that, crazy, content oh, that, I, that <laughs> crazy content that I was making, um, I thought, I was like, I, I don't know how far I thought. I don't think I had like a good strategy at the time. It was just kind of, it was more of this. And hey, if the channel does well, you know, th that can be profitable. That, that was like as far as I thought. But I thought it was it was a it wasn't driving 
what I was doing, but it was like, it was a thought in the back of my head that YouTube could be, you know, a, a business or whatever. So I did do the things that you're supposed to do on YouTube, you know, like try and grow your audience and this and that. Like I was still doing all the YouTuber things in and around these absurd videos um, with the notion to do that. But now if I were to look back on it, which is probably the position that you took, you would realize like, well, that that wasn't a viable strategy. So you shouldn't have even thought that. But I did at the time, admittedly. Um, but <laughs> I, I guess I was I was more with the intent because when you're like, oh, you should start a channel. I said, should start a channel because some people seem to start their channels organically. Like I'm just going to throw up some videos or whatever. And other people are like, I'm starting a channel now, period. Yeah, I tried hard with some of the things like the branding aspects and like that jingle that I have is from those original days. The whole color purple thing is from those original days. I shouldn't phrase it as the color purple because that sounds like that novel. Um, <laughs> but like a lot of the branding stuff is is actually like I was trying. I had like a uh, outro music. I had you know a bunch of like catchphrases mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like I was I was trying to do the whole the whole YouTube thing. It just wasn't a, like I said. It just wasn't a great strategy. So shifting to I guess that's why whenever people ask me about my channel, I say, well, let's look at it more from like February 2018 and onward because that was when I probably shifted to one that I now had evidence to support could actually be. Uh, like a viable, you know, avenue for YouTube. So that was my true, I guess, like Gerald camera genesis would be February 2018. But yeah, I do have videos there uh, from back in 2016, but they don't count if we're trying to see, you know, growth because there was none. <laughs> <laughs> was there a point where, I guess, at what point did you decide that that was going that was going to be your full time thing? I don't know if it was a uh, like subscriber milestone, revenue milestone. It was just yeah, I was, going for it. I had a but I had a, a budget idea. Like so when I entered into the YouTube thing, I knew that I was gonna have to go hard on it if I wanted to grow and hit numbers. Or that was like the basic advice that you kept hearing all the time was that it's hard, it's a grind, you gotta put a lot of hours in that kind of thing. So that okay. I kind of approached it more like a like a tech startup. I was trying to think of like almost like a burn rate or a runway that I could have for money, how much I would need. So I had to figure out sort of my minimal expenses. And we actually moved from a really nice place to a really small one bedroom at the like worse than a town just to get our expenses as low as possible. And at that point, my number that I had hit, this might be relevant for some people, might not. This is Canada. This is Canadian currency. And so I don't know how no. well it translates, but it was, um, I, had to, I had to make $1,100 to... I don't know. I guess to be sustainable would be would be the that that means that it, that it was it was working. I could survive whatever. Yeah. So I brought all the expenses down to eleven hundred bucks, and that's what I had to make. So for me, I was doing some client work to uh, subsidize that amount because I wasn't doing that obviously for quite a while on YouTube. So then once YouTube was able to hit that mark, that's when I thought okay, now it makes more sense to stop client work and just put all my effort in YouTube because I'm making that 1100 bucks. So now we just need to grow that and build it up from there. So I gave myself kind of like a threshold to, to hit. And it only was That's viable awesome. because of the fact that I was able to make the number so low. Because I think if you started and you're like, I'll, I'll switch full time when YouTube's making $10,000 a month or whatever. Well, that's going to be a grind in hell, you know, and I don't know, you might just, you might die before you ever get there. Cause it, it could be a long time, you know? So no, no, I, I think it's cool that you actually did that because I, 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 for me, it was like, I came from the DHL background that I've talked about in my previous videos for those of you listening, but I, I kind of did the same thing but I didn't have a budget for it. So I just quit my job, started doing freelance jobs and then <laughs> YouTube on the side. Uh, but it is, it is a real grind. Like when you want to make it sustainable, right? It's not easy. And that it's always that first, like the first $10 and the first $100 or whatever, they, they seem like such impossible jumps. Same thing with subscribers or whatever. You know, it it takes so much to grow the next multiple. Once you hit that yeah. next one, like getting once you get to 100 subscribers or whatever, getting 10 more isn't so bad. But getting that first 10, it's like that feels impossible. And once you have a thousand, you grab an extra hundred like it was nothing. But that first hundred, so it does start to grow. But yeah, it when you're looking at zero, and you got and you're not making any money, and you're trying to think how long can I do this for? And nobody's watching your videos and you're working so hard on them because it never gets any, it doesn't get easier. You just seem to get, make better videos 
but they still take a long time. But in the beginning, you took a long time and your videos suck. Now you take a long time and your videos are better. That's that's the only difference. <laughs> so it's hard to justify doing it when, if, if, you, if you're doing it for the money. Um, and I think that's why everybody always tells you don't do it for the money because there's no incentive there early on, right? So No, right. no. I, I mean, you, you really have to enjoy what you're doing and like have a goal that I want to do this because it's fun. Because there's so many videos that you have to crunch out to reach a certain point <laughs> before you, yeah. like you get there. Um, but I, I'm really cr- curious on how you got interested in cameras. Because we all have different stories. So how, how, how did like your interest for cameras become what it is now? It was the same thing as the YouTube story almost, like where it was like two distinct phases. When I was younger, much younger, um, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years old probably, I had a film camera that my father gave me that I I wanted because I was really into Lego and I kept building these like Lego uh, constructions and I wanted to take photos of them before I demolished them. Um, so he taught me how to use his film camera and then gave me this, it was an old uh, Practica. And uh, I, I, so I would shoot my Lego on film. <laughs> such a weird thing but at <laughs> the awesome. same time too my dad was also huge into he was like the you know the dad that always had a cam on the shoulder you know um and he would keep up with the latest gear pretty much throughout the years uh, i was born in 85 and so from from me being born I, like i have videos of me as a baby obviously all the way up to i don't know probably the late 90s my dad was like keeping up with those you know the handy cams and the the shoulder dad cams from way back in the day it, ones that took entire like vhs or betamax tapes mm-hmm. you know um and uh so i guess i was always surrounded by it i was interested i would borrow the cameras from film school projects and stuff like that uh you know a lot of my a lot of my school assignments were actually just like in video i would always see if i could opt in and make some absurd video mm-hmm. and i think that's when the like absurd comedy started because uh but those videos should never see the light of day because they also have the sensibilities <laughs> of a teenager where you do stuff that you oh, think yeah. is edgy and then you find out later on you're just like a racist or something when you were a kid, you know, like it's <laughs> like that kind of should just like never, you know, see the light of day. Uh, that was a joke, guys. Uh, but, you know, you just you just make bad, terrible jokes for the sake of being edgy. Um, no, I'm, I was also born in 85 <laughs> with a very similar timeline, probably making the same video. Oh, so we have the school. same, same birthday. Like We have the exact, exact same, same birthday, it turns out. Wow. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, I remember making an Animal Farm video, but I didn't read the book. And so it ended up with a lot of like, it sort of became Silence of the Lambs. And I was like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> Our, we had a teacher that assigned us to do a video about STDs. And I was like... <laughs> All right, we're in tenth grade. This is gonna go very poorly. Yeah, but. You get it then. So yeah, that's that's what I did it, with that was my video and whatever experience. And then I kind of stopped, um, d- got into other things which are still related. Uh, like I focused more on computers at the time. I've been in computers my entire life. Uh, I grew up around like computers and stuff. I had all the computers of the eighties. And, but I just, I guess I stopped caring about cameras, transitioned into computers and then engineering and data work and stuff like that. And eventually, uh, in 2013, when I met my partner who, uh, was a photographer her whole life and, um, well, since she was like 15, she's been like a professional photographer and, uh, was just starting a new business that kind of needed a bit more of like systems work on it. And it was like a hockey photography business that required a lot of like I said, like system stuff. And so I was like, wow, I'll build all that stuff for you. Let's do it. Um, so we did that. And then that was allowing me, this was right on the time of like when Canon was really crushing it with like the 5D cameras and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I remember like, hey, let me see that. And like playing with the camera and stuff. Cause I was like, I used to like cameras and then play with it. And just being fascinated, like, wow, cameras are stupid good these days. You know, like they're absurd. So like, oh, you shoot 1080p video on like this like camera that also shoots, I don't know, six frames a second with autofocus and stuff. It was like, this is insane. Oh, it's full frame. Oh, look at this. You could shoot it like ISO 10,000 and it's not too, too bad. You know, like just like stuff like that. <laughs> like, um, so I just, I just fell in love all over again with the cameras. And, uh, and that was part of the business that we were doing. So, in 2016 when I when we're like yeah whatever we'll shoot a YouTube video um I had access I guess to to stuff and it uh I was able to that's why periodically even though my videos were those absurd comedy videos I would like intermix it with something new that we got for the business that I thought was really cool I'd be like oh cool new flash oh cool new camera check this out new lens and they weren't really like 
useful or in-depth videos. They were just kind of like stuff that I thought was neat. But again, the videos did so much better. It just was obviously people were searching for it. That's all it was, right? Yeah, right. Um, so that was, I guess that's sort of the transition. And that brings us back to where I started the story off from before. Um, but so I had access to gear. That's why I made fun of myself for the videos looking terrible. It's like I had access to, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of gear they're using for business. And I was just like, just turn on the house lights and point the camera at me, you know? <laughs> it was like, who cares? Um, but yeah, it's like if you look at what like Philip Bloom was doing with a 5D Mark II, and then you look at what I was doing with a 5D Mark II, Mark III, it was like, yeah, you can do a lot with this camera. I'm not demonstrating it, but you can. You can you know? <laughs> but look at all the cool buttons on it. That was like what my videos were, you know? I don't know. That's the story. <laughs> I love <though>. it. <laughs> I think I think we all have like a similar version of of our like camera infatuation thing. But Philip Bloom is so huge. I love like in your live stream yesterday, he just shows up and starts just giving you crap for pronunciations of things. <laughs> it's terrific. Like he's just been around for the whole time. Like the whole he's just so good at what he does. I love that guy. And uh, I mean, he I, it was 2010. The Canon T2i came out because that was like the one I could afford. The, like rebel that shot video yep. and philip bloom did a video of it at the salton sea in california right. which is like this desert landlocked lake um but it's only about 30 minutes from where i live and i was like this guy from the uk that i follow is like using my camera at a place like 30 <laughs> minutes from me and that just i oh my god it it lit a fire that's awesome <laughs> i i feel like i i'm the outsider here i'm like picked up a camera because of like trying to shoot my own product photography and then then like trying to figure out what what the wheels were doing on the camera like it's okay <laughs> brighter or darker that's that's like what it does when when was that for for you peter like what what year was that uh that was 2015 well you've uh you've done from i guess if you were didn't have much experience with the cameras in 2015 and now you've uh developed quite rapidly good for you yeah i, I mean i mean Thank you so much, but it's all—it's also like I—I—I'm—I I, think that that comes from the bodybuilding aspect, you know. When when I want to get good at something, I go all in. So yeah. with the bodybuilding, it's like train seven days a week, eat chicken and rice and potatoes, and that's it. And uh, results. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that that carries over. Yeah, I think I—I I, I actually ate chicken and rice and potatoes like as my everyday food for three years nonstop, I think. Wow. That's dedication. That's, yeah. That's, that's I, I my hardest. I don't recommend it. That's the hardest thing. I've, I've done well to, I have a sort of a, a all or nothing kind of mindset to a lot of things as well. And uh, uh, I've, I've succeeded in a lot of that. Um, you know, like I'm kind of like a straight edge kind of person or whatever. I've never smoked, never done any drugs. Yeah, I, I haven't drank in my thirties. Like even just like, I was never like an alcoholic, but just, I never, I don't, I don't drink alcohol at all now. And I haven't in my thirties, but to be able to stop eating sweets and it's, it's just, it's <laughs> so that that's, that's the one I can't seem to surmount, but I'm starting a new thing. Just, just, I'm making, putting myself accountable with right now. I just turned 35. And it's easy for my brain to keep track of things that way. So starting at 35, I'm trying to completely, I'm just trying to be a person that's like, nah, I don't eat that. That's junk. I don't eat that junk. And just like, and I don't have to only eat chicken and rice, but where my choices have a certain framework that doesn't involve what the hell happened yesterday, because that was a disgrace uh, to, <laughs> to, to diet and dietary things. But yeah, I'm just trying, trying to work on that because that's the thing. Nutrition is so important. Uh, to that whole lifestyle thing and uh, it's so hard man so I you know big respect for <laughs> three years of chicken and rice yowza you know? oh, I remember when I did the most intense diet that I've ever done was in 2014 when I, I was actually going to do a bodybuilding competition um, and I I woke up in the morning at 4 a.m. and then I had this like uh, training bicycle in the kitchen. We were living in a one-room flat, and I had a training bicycle that sounded like <laughs> every time you like pedaled to it. So I woke up at 4 a.m., sat down on the bike, pedaled for two hours, and then my breakfast was chicken and potatoes and chicken and rice uh, at 6 a.m. and at 9 a.m. Then I ate my lunch at like 12. So it. I did that for 12 weeks and then it just caved and was like, no, I can't go on. <laughs> so many chickens. <laughs> Chicken genocide. 
<laughs> but it's what good a experience. Weird statement, but yes, <laughs> that's the title of this episode. <laughs> I was like, how do I transition from chicken genocide? Yeah. Anyway, okay, so. to how, how do we transfer back here? Okay. Um, I'm thinking we're, we're not going to keep you for too long here, Gerald. So I got a couple of questions uh, from people asking stuff on Instagram when I posted. And um, I don't know uh, what kind of questions I'm, I'm going to choose here first, but I would say, okay, uh, <laughs> why did you choose the word? Uh, why did you choose undone? Gerald Undone. Or is it is it your real surname? <laughs> There's someone else. No, that. <laughs> that would be a cool surname. Um, but you know what? It might as well be nowadays. I get packages shipped under that name. My phone shows up as that <laughs> when I call. Uh, I get billed under that name. So yeah, sure, that's my name. Um, but uh, no, I chose it. There was two reasons. The actual, like the original thing, I think is inspired from a Weezer song, but. Um, the the content that I was making at the time, I before because I had I actually had the name before I made the show. I mean that's how it always works. But I knew what I was going to make and I had the name and I didn't change it at any point. Um, so I made kind of a list of what kind of content I wanted to make, what I thought was good on YouTube, what I thought was funny, that kind of stuff. And I sort of you know mind mapped it or whatever that's called, and uh, I came up with some words that I thought kind of worked into that. And I had I had a few of them, but I was the angle that was coming with the words was like a person who, you know, in everyday life just kind of like goes about their normal business and you wouldn't see anything. And then when they turn on the camera, they kind of, they, they, they come like unraveled or and that was the whole part of the crazy thing was like, that's when you like unleash the crazy. So there was a lot of those kinds of words like unleashed and unravel and that kind of thing. Um, but I didn't, there was something about the undone one that, cause like obviously it could have been like Gerald unleashed and then like you press record and he acts like a crazy person. Right. So that, that's, that would have worked too. <laughs> but then there's also that lyric. The reason where I got the word undone from was that lyric from, uh, Weezer's sweater song where it says, uh, pull this thread as I walk away, watch me unravel. I've come undone. I thought that was like a great idea. It's like, watch me unravel. I've come undone. <laughs> and then when I was, um, auditioning those ideas, uh, to some people like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? My nephew said undone would be a great one because you could use as a, as a catchphrase, like, you know, we're going to get undone today or something like that. And I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> and that also has, that's, that evolved into the let's get undone uh, catchphrase thing. So it was that, that's the, that's the meaning of it though, is that, you know, watch, watch this guy unravel uh, is, is the idea. I think, I think it's great. So thanks, man. How, how did you come up with the theme song? That theme song. It's stuck in my head at least twice a week for hours. On <laughs> I, was, I was actually like having it in my mind, like humming on it when I walked into the studio, like dum, dum, do, 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 dum. <laughs> it's working. It's still working. Because <laughs> there's people that hate it, right? They think they're like, this has nothing to do with anything. You're not crazy. Why do you do this or whatever? And it's like, all that's true. And those are all good points. But it's catchy, <laughs> right? That's like that's the only reason why that's why it still exists. Um, it makes no sense, but it doesn't matter. It makes sense for the old videos. It doesn't make any sense for now. We're going to talk seriously about a camera for twenty six minutes and provide hopefully reasonable value considerations at the end. He's crazy. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but in a way, it also does because other people still find that it makes sense because they go, uh, "Well, nobody else would do that. Nobody else would, would bother doing that. So you must right. be crazy." So it kind of works. But anyway, the story is. Um, that I was inspired by the idea. There's an episode of Seinfeld where George wants to have somebody remember him because he like, I think he uses the, the by Menon, uh, that like by Menon, that uh -huh. thing. And he says, Costanza whenever he leaves. And so just like catches in your head. I was like, I gotta come up with something like that. I don't need something fancy. I don't like long. This was the era when everybody had like a 45 second, you know, EDM intro that was just like extreme. It'd be like a name. The name was just like flashing the screen forever. It's like, okay, we don't want any of that. We need to do something sort of silly, wacky, just a few seconds long. Um, and you know, nothing too fancy. I grabbed the guitar and I just started like playing a couple notes. I, I, I was like humming. So I started in my vocal range. Um, and, uh, I just kind of like humming along 
And I quick, actually really quickly came up with the like, dun, 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 bam, bam, I was like, that kind of works. That's like, got a little like, it's almost like an advertiser jingle thing to it. And then I was like, what are the lyrics here? And so just like, it was like, I didn't have anything. I was like, da, 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 he's crazy. It was like, okay, good. And so it just kind of evolved. <laughs> it was honestly like, like a 25 minute, like a little jam sesh with myself uh, to come up with it based on the idea of like, I got to come up with my own stanza. Like that's, that's basically what I was trying to recreate. Uh, I love it. I have a lot of pop culture answers to to these questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get the best ideas when you're doing something creative. The original recording, a lot of people wonder this too. The one that you hear, it was mastered by a friend of mine because otherwise it was just me. Uh, I just did a quick recording on a on just like one cardioid mic, just like playing and singing. I didn't I didn't record it well, uh, so I got somebody to master it for me. But it, the sound that you're hearing is literally just uh, like low bass strings on a guitar. The original recording is like boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. It's just like, it's just a guitar and it's me singing as well. Uh, that sounds so, so good. That's, that's all it is. There's two two instruments, if you will, me and my voice. And then did you guys see that remix that that guy made of oh, it yeah. just recently? Yes. <laughs> now that's actually well done. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah he's, like he does, that guy's guy music great. <laughs> anyway. That's that's my long-winded answer. Please continue. <laughs> it was it was a great answer. Don't don't ever make them short. Um, so, what what is your? I got a question here from uh, that is from Oren Visuals. That is, I I'd love to hear. I'd, I'd love to learn about Gerald's technical background and how he preps for his YouTube videos. Okay. Um, so I always tell people when they ask this, as I told you in my story, that my technical background wouldn't be in cameras, really, it'd be in computers. And I think that if you watch some of my earlier videos, you can see that I kind of approached them more from from a computer nerd standpoint, talking about computers, more of more over, more so than an artist talking about his camera. I don't ever really do that from like, you know, uh, Thomas Heaton or whatever. That's not that's not my style. I love that guy, but um, he's like trying to get this this capture this beauty or whatever and that's his brain my brain's kind of just like i tried to break this thing uh you know by seeing (laughs) what what it wouldn't do that's and that's like my computer thing and that's been my whole life um from just being a kid playing with computers commodore 64 vic 20 apple 2 whatever um building my own machines when i was like adolescent um and then uh, eventually, you know, becoming like certified tech, doing like, you know, repair jobs. I worked at HP for a while, um, st- stuff like that. Uh, and uh, then I sort of shifted. I was, um, this fun fact came out in that DP review video yesterday, but I was in the army for just over six years as an engineer. Um, oh. And uh, when I re- when I released from the military, I was doing um, like data analysis work to like, you know, for quality control companies, I was like processing all their data to like find trends and, and issues and stuff like that and p- potential potential problems with, you know, when outliers start becoming common and that, that kind of thing, uh, looking for transient issues. Uh, anyway, and uh, so all those things kind of combined, it's like my interest in data, my interest in engineering, my interest in computer tech, that would be, I guess, the background that I think most actively involves my my prep work for the videos and then my interest was what we already talked about i just i find computers or cameras interesting and i've been playing with cameras for a really long time yeah but i i would never call myself like i was asked this in my live show i would never call myself a filmmaker because i'm more interested in how the things work and their limits and that kind of thing than i am in the actual i guess art of it even though i'm a big enjoyer of it i'm like i consume uh you know, movies and stuff like that at, at a pretty crazy rate. Uh, and I, and I love them all. And I'm a huge fan of uh, like, you know, this kind of media, but, um, as much as I, as I try my best to be an artist, I think my brain definitely, if, if you have to, if it's a spectrum, I lean more on the, on the tech and a little bit less on the artsy side. Uh, so I don't know, probably a bit more than what the person asked, but there's a bit of that there. I'm not trying to say that I, I, I think I can make a little a pretty shot here and there, you know, and <laughs> I think, think i'm okay at composition that kind of stuff but but i don't have that uh that drive that that other people do i'm i'm more of a computer nerd trying to tinker and break things you know that's that's what i do you wouldn't shoot a b-roll sequence for your uh channel then (laughs) i i I have for a like a product sequence you know like uh but and sometimes to to make fun of 
you other B-roll shooters. You know, I, sh- I shot a little, uh, one time I was doing a video for, for Bebop and they sent me a little VW minivan thing and some gummy bears as like, just like, uh, swag with the, with the batteries. And so I filmed a, um, for clarity there, in case anyone wants to know, that was not a sponsored video. I said doing a video for Bebop. I was reviewing Bebop batteries, but anyway, I wasn't doing it for them. Um, anyway, uh, and so I decided to shoot a sequence of with the little minivan and the gummy bears and made like a little story of that. That's about as, as like cinematic B-roll as I get, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Okay, so you, you, you said that you were uh, interested in like old video games or like right now they're old, but <laughs> it's still good. But I got a question. What What is your favorite game for the original Game Boy? Oh, wow. Uh, it's got to be Tetris, even though I think at times I've had other, like I was really into Mortal Kombat for a long time. Um, I played Donkey Kong, although I think that that came out on the Game Boy Color, so maybe that doesn't qualify. But uh, I had, I had, um, you know, s- like stints where my favorite games were other games. But the one that I think I probably logged the most hours in and the one that is in my Game Boy pretty much perpetually is Tetris. It's it's the greatest, it, you know. It hold it holds up now. Yeah, it, it's so good. You can't age Tetris. It's not possible. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like digital Lego that disappears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you play it for long enough, and you start seeing Tetris bricks like in tile patterns and like it makes you better at thing. packing things if if you yes, if yeah. you're like a really good tetris player people will get you to like put stuff in their trunk for them or whatever because like i can't get this to fit and then you're like <laughs> listen to the russian waltz in your head or whatever yeah, exactly. and then, then the song starts like ding 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 <laughs> exactly <laughs> um all right so the final question that i have is when are you coming over to do a uh, studio tour over here <laughs> totally. I, uh, I so want to get back in the swing of that whole thing. Um, I think everybody probably feels that way of whatever yeah. it is that they're trying to get back into the, the mojo of when I started this year, <laughs> it's funny, 2020, right? Um, <laughs> I, I started this year thinking, we were so young. yeah, exactly. I feel like I aged so much, but I was like, okay, 2020 is going to be great. I've got this plan. I've got a sponsorship deal where I can do two videos a month. I'm going to travel all over the place. I'm going to visit all these studios. It's going to be so good. We were like third or, well, I did three right away. So I was on my fourth one, I think. And uh, that's when the pot started stirring, you know? And then I was doing my fifth one and it was like NAB got canceled and we're starting to shut down things, whatever. And on, and so I, I think we left a day earlier and in the airport, I was going from Tyler Stallman's place in Calgary. So it was still with an in Canada travel but the airport was starting to get really spooky and we were wearing masks in the airport just to like, I've actually been wearing masks for like two years. FYI, I'm, I'm, I'm the genius of the plane travel or whatever. Even when there's not coronavirus, if you don't want to get sick just from like people just like coughing norovirus in your face or whatever, you know, wear a ma- people are gross, wear a mask yeah. on a plane. Um, that's just good advice. And bring your own like little alcohol things and clean your whole station. It'll make going to conferences so much easier. You know, anyway, um, so I was on my way back from that one and it was like, it was really getting spooky. And that only feels to me like not that long ago, but also it feels like years ago at the same time. You know what I mean? It's just like, and every once in a while you have that thought where you're like, oh yeah, I remember when we were doing studio tours and you're like, oh, that was back in <laughs> March when, when that, like that, that was like, we got to pull the plug on these. Um, so yeah, it's crazy that we're now in December and talking about it. But so my answer is I would love to. But, you know, I'm also when, still trying whenever, to... Whenever Corona is gone and the vaccine is rolling out and everyone is feeling safe and it's yeah. good to travel then. It's such a, a a difficult thing because of being... If you're making videos on it too, because you, you're presenting a message one way or another and then your videos can become about that and because it's such a uh, divisive thing in yeah. North America and then it can become about that and not about your videos about and stuff like that. So it's such a tricky kind of thing where really what it just comes down to is if you're going to do a collaboration of any sorts, everybody's got to feel comfortable. Everybody's got to feel good doing it. And it doesn't really matter. We don't need to have a conversation about people's views on it, but everybody's got to feel good about it or else it's going to not be about what the video should be about. And so 
we're in a position in the world right now where it's hard to do collabs remotely is easier but it's um but even that you have to learn and it's and it's you have to adapt your whole like creative style or whatever but thank thank god for stuff like this where we can at least you know oh i know yeah do these kind of remote podcasts and stuff we just we just said before joined in like the magic of the internet i'm sitting here over in sweden like halfway across the world i know i'm in california you're in canada we got three different time zones I was going to make a joke about this. It's even better now with Tom. I was gonna, I, I'm still probably going to post it, but it was going to be like an Instagram story being like, when a Swede asks you to do a podcast, it's like it messes up your whole day because you're like, you know, you're getting up early or whatever so that he can do it at dinner time or something. And it's like, then we got Tom in here. It was like, you know, nine in the morning or something like that. Pacific time. Yeah, exactly. Going back to what you're saying, the Studios Undone series is awesome. It's great. I, I, I love it. Thanks, man. I learned so much from seeing everybody's like behind the scenes. Um, and then I want, I wanted to ask you since you have to plan up a new studio in the next couple months, I know you've talked about things that you've learned from checking out everything everybody else has, but do you have any, like, and if you don't want to share them, cause it's like a secret or whatever, that's cool. <laughs> but do you have any big ideas or big lessons that you want to incorporate into the new space that you're going to put together based on what you've learned from seeing everybody else's studios? Um, so nothing based on the new space. I have to kind of figure out the new space, but I have some things that I want to try and make it work over there. Um, I'm not going, I've been talking about this one recently. I'm not going to do a big purple wall uh, that I, that I sit in front of anymore, which might obviously some people are like, where's the purple wall? I hate you now. Right. But um, there's obviously going to be purple stuff in the scene, but I want to do, there's an issue with this. I keep talking about uh, is that because it's dark, um, it gets compressed really heavily. YouTube hates dark. Well, com- not YouTube. The compression method that YouTube uses favors lighter areas over dark areas when it terms to when it comes to uh, which gets the more bits. So dark is bad, and um, gradients are terrible because of eight bit versus ten bit. So my my video looks fantastic on my monitor right here. I, I can see it. it looks great, but on YouTube it looks terrible. Um, so texture and more dimensionality and brighter and that kind of thing so i think it's going to be very similar but it's going to be kind of a bit brighter and a bit more textured those are the only things i have kind of figured out for sure um as far as audio i think i'm probably going to keep it most of the same i've been pretty happy with my audio but it's going to be a matter of trying to make it work in a new space which you know audio audio is man like just spaces are are so complex when it comes to how like just waves move around that the idea of mm-hmm. it's not as easy as like oh yeah let's jump into space and throw up a mic you know it's it's gonna be such a challenge but I'll, audio should be the same I'm I just I've just switched over to A7S3 for shooting so that'll be the same um, I have plenty of lights and it'll probably be the ones I've been talking about recently the you know the Godox this and that and the aperture that like those are the ones I'll probably be using so most of it'll be the same I think I just want to change the backdrop to fight against what YouTube is doing to my videos is kind of, I want to try and demonstrate, and it could be, it could be instructional too, to say, this is an example that doesn't have problems. So that's kind of what I want to try and make as a problem free background. I feel like some of what Tom's doing right now, uh, solves a lot of YouTube's problems. You have, you have a lot of stuff, which is good. It's actually good. Um, and it's bright enough. I think you're above the threshold to where you're going to get compressed into oblivion and you don't have a long enough gradient. Like, I don't know if when you look at that full screen, if you do see little bits of banding here and there, but you wouldn't have enough of it. Usually not too bad. You wouldn't see it far enough for it to stand out, you know? So something you're doing is a good, is a good indicator of how to like break it up, break up the YouTube problems, you know? Just put a bunch of crazy crap on the walls and you're... (laughs) And and nice and bright. (laughs) As much as people, you know, if you shoot like... If ever you watch any of those like filmmaking channels, they're normally like really moody the way they do their A roll, mm-hmm. which looks great. YouTube hates it; they hate it. And you, you got to look at tech channels. Tech channels are vibrant, and uh, that's that's a better thing to deliver for YouTube. So I'm gonna try and find some sweet spot there where it can be moody and purple, but also somehow beat YouTube. I don't know. I'm gonna have to fight that fight that compression. You know, <laughs> I like it. That'll be that'll be a fun journey though. Those are those are fun problems to solve. I think it can be frustrating, but it's also like. I know, it's a cool challenge. Yeah, I'm up. I, I'm, I, you know what though? There's a part of me that gets so stressed out about it where I, I try to do everything, um, find the absolute best thing and then lock it down. That's kind of like the way that I approach things. <laughs> Nothing in my space moves. I don't tear down. I don't change anything. It's like, this is how everything works. 
okay. And then if there's a problem, I spend like a day on it, find the optimal thing. And then again, like lock everything down. Okay, nothing's moving now. So when I want to record, I just jump in, turn things on (laughs) and we're rolling. So the idea of moving to new space is like nothing is locked down. Like, and, and, and it's going to trigger, I have like a a bit of like an OCD issue, obviously, where everything has to be perfect. And I, and I, I'm the type of person that you'll like, I'll move it one way, check it, move back another. And we're talking like millimeters and nobody notices. So those, that death by like a thousand increments is going to kill me in the new place because I'm going to, I'm just going to have to like, it's, I'll give you one example that's funny. I know this is a visual thing, so I might not work for podcasts, but behind me over my shoulder is a light that's in the frame, which also I might not have to have that in the frame in the new set because I have higher ceilings. So that's good. Um, but there's a light in the frame behind me. And one time I moved it for some reason and then I moved it back. And I moved it back to probably 90% of where it was before. But then when I shot my video and I looked at it in, in post, I was like, it's off. It's off by a little bit. So I superimposed the two images in Photoshop and then I went at it like a frame at a time, adjusting (laughs) until I found the one just because I couldn't have it not look like my previous video, which of course, if you've been listening to the whole podcast is absurd because we've already proven that people don't watch your videos in order or on any relevant date. So it doesn't matter. So don't worry about it. But that's, that's to give you an idea of how like he's crazy. That's That's what it means. You're you're going to have so... You're going to have so many comments from people saying that, hey, you went back to the purple backdrop. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I can just switch them. Switch them like that, you know? Oh, boy. Well, good luck with that. I do know in real life, as soon as, this is not going to help with the anxiety, but as soon as you take, like, your current studio down, I I always have the feeling of, like, I wish there was a, like, control Z in real life because... I want to undo this thing I just did and I can't undo it. Yeah. It's like, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I, I kindred spirits, I understand. <laughs> YouTube has been a good exercise for me in, um, granted, you know, my reach audience things, not the same level as yours. So the pressure might not be the same, but it's been a good exercise in uh, getting out of my own head with trying to make everything exactly right all the time and just... <laughs> letting things be rough around the edges which has been a good therapy for me i need to do more of that uh that's <laughs> more that's more something i that. struggle with you know of letting of like letting letting go just kind of putting it up you know i i think that'd be i should work i need to work on that and i also need to work on the uh the i get this there's like a pressure of um fulfilling expectations i guess where either it could, for some people it's probably scheduling like getting a video up at a certain rate or you know if you, or you haven't uploaded in a while even if you don't have a schedule um or maybe it's uh, a view threshold that you know if your video doesn't hit a certain amount of views or if there's these expectations on youtube and that's another one that i want to try and uh i don't know just not concern myself with as much oh, is man. whatever those expectations for the given week and YouTube doesn't make it easy because when you open up your dashboard, they're like, "Hey, mm-hmm. you suck this week. Look at these numbers." <laughs> and then, the, and then they're like, "They're like, how your numbers are worse than they were before." You're like, "Thanks, YouTube." You know, or when you're doing well, they'll go, "You're doing great. We don't know why, uh, but you like, you ever gotten that one where it like actually says in your oh, yeah, dashboard?" This is unusual. For yeah, you. it's like for no known reason, people who aren't subscribed or being recommended your videos are watching this video this week. Congrats! And you're like, well, what what good is that information? And then you start yeah, looking then, at you like, how can I apply like, this? Wh- like, why are you recommending my video? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, what do I do? What do I do to <laughs> yeah. capitalize on this? You know, how do I take advantage of this? YouTube's like, I don't know. <laughs> Keep doing what you do. There doing. was one the other day that I got where it was like. Um, congratulations, like uh, more people are choosing your video when it's recommended, which I know was YouTube telling me like there's something about your thumbnail and your yeah. title that's making it clickable. But in my mind, I was always like, yeah, YouTube, if you show it to people, more people will <laughs> click on it. <laughs> and then you know what you do? You go, okay, good, good, good. And you look at that video, you look at the title of your thumbnail, you're like, oh, I got it. I know what I did. So then for the next two weeks, you make videos using the same tactics and then YouTube lays the one on you like, ooh, people are less interested and not clicking on your videos as much. Less to us. Like, well, then I don't know YouTube. Okay, leave me, just leave me alone when I go to my dashboard. How about you say, you know, hope you're having a great day. Are you like, I am, you know, like. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> my most recent one was, Fewer people are watching this video, but when they choose it, they're watching it longer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's good, right? I, yeah, man. I don't know what to make of this. So yeah, all of that, that's what I want to not 
think about as much in 2021. Yeah, I'm just kind of like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, I can say a unanimous voice that we probably all need to work on that uh, specific aspect <laughs> of YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but, Gerald, we're not going to hold you uh, for any longer. Where, where can people find you on different social media? I think you stated it, but you can say it again. Yeah, the main ones for me are YouTube, obviously, Instagram and Twitter, and I'm Gerald Undone on those three. I, I don't know if I'm elsewhere, but don't worry about it if I am. No, but I'm not on that. Those are the three that I do the most of. Uh, so get, get me on that, okay? All right. Social media All right. expert. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much. If you guys need me to do your social media marketing for you, let me know. Because I... <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for uh, join, joining in today man it was a pleasure having you on the show and um, yeah it was awesome talking to you guys yeah we're just gonna we're just gonna round this off here and to those of you that are listening thank you so much for tuning in and uh, really hope that you enjoyed this episode 